We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Radio. My name is Aaron Duran, coming to you live from Grand Animal Thrawn's flagship, the Chimera. My name is Vinarita, and I'm coming to you live from the cockpit of the Razorcrest. Din Djarin is gone, but I have one little Grogu over here. And I am Darth Cable. Coming to you live from the cockpit of uh, the Ghost. What the heck is a, a Sith Lord doing in the coast? You know, rebels make for strange bedfellows. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. How's it going? Having some good nerdy times here now. Oh. It's going good. I'm eating a mandarin. Sorry. Sorry, I was. I was what, trying to. Pop what did you back. do with the? T- what did you do with the ten rings? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> That's why you're not that, cable. It's going to be that kind of night. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is different than any other kind of night. I mean, I will. I did warn both of you in full disclosure. I had a really good productive day. So around three o'clock, I was like, you know what? I'm done. And uh, procured uh, many adult beverages. Uh, and then watched Star Wars. <laughs> so, you know, what else are you going to do? I didn't watch a single Star Wars today. Why? Here, go buy a Star War. Um, I'll go be, watch a Star War. I, I'm I'm watching a Star War after we podcast, where I will I, take in the first episode of The Bad Batch. Yeah. I did. Uh, I after beer number two and uh, adult gummy number yeah. three, I had a bag of Doritos, and I thought I'm gonna watch that new Star Wars. I like how long you sound say- like you've been totally crossfaded all day. No. As people know who this show know that like weed does like bupkis for me. I, I just wasted eighteen dollars is what I did. I spent eighteen dollars on substandard gummy bears. Like you know, consistency's fine, but they never taste as good as you know. You could have you could have bought a whole bag of her like five bags of Haribo for that. Of what? Haribo or Black Forest? Oh oh oh, my, oh oh. Or my personal favorite Albanese. Take your pick. I like Haribo. 
I thought you were about to like taunt me for not just buying booze with it. So I was like, who the what drink is Haribo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making fun of you necessarily. Just just flexing my gummy bear knowledge muscle. That's fair. That's good. Uh, all three of the gummy bears the, I know. The, the chat's already jumping. I, this is very charming. Bex just said my kids will be up at 7.30 a.m. to put on the Bad Batch for them. <laughs> Bex, you have a couple of amazing daughters. And my head just went away. There you go. <laughs> That is how I was going to start my day, but uh, but then I realized I had a bunch of stuff to do. So, well, you got all you got all the night. You watch some Star Wars at night. I do. I'll watch it after this. And I was at work. <laughs> and really, when I watched Star Wars today, I think I just jumped around to some of my favorite battle scenes and like in all the movies. Um, I kind of forgot how much the opening to Revenge of the Sith kind of pops. It's like the Williams score opens with that boom, 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 boom. And it's just Anakin and Obi-Wan flying. And that's mm-hmm. kind of when Ewan McGregor's at peak Obi-Wan. Because he does nothing but complain while he's flying. He's like, oh, yes, this would be a good idea, Anakin. And he's like, ah, flying's for droids. Like, all he does is complain the entire time. He hates opening. flying. It's he great. He really hates flying. But even, at the, but even at the end, when they land like half the fucking resist, uh, Separatist cruiser on Coruscant, like Ian McGregor just we've talked about this before, he just fucking killed it in the prequels. That part where they like <laughs> land and like Palpatine's going all like ah, ah, and Anakin looks all freaked out. You know, Ian McGregor just moves his hair and says, Another happy landing. <laughs> he's Any so landing good. you can walk away from. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. And um every time I watch it now, I just hear cable in my head. Because spoilers, if you say cable if you say hi cable in the right tone. He'll reply with General Kenobi. It, it's largely because at work, the greeting that I give everyone who walks in the building is, hello there. Hello there. And so far, over a period of about eight months, I have only ever had one person walk up and go, General Kenobi. <laughs> I didn't do it? You don't count. Uh- complete strangers it's like my sophomore year all over again where all my friends were girls and their parents were like no boys over and they said what about Aaron and they'd say he doesn't count he doesn't count oh yeah that's fine but this is different this is different you don't count because you're guaranteed to respond to a nerdy thing with another ner- with with the corresponding nerdy thing. Yes, because it, it, that's it, all we do. That is that's all a, we that's do. A, that's like that's a free token, is what that is. Yeah. Okay. We, we talk in nerd quotes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then you know, and to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Usually, when Cable says that to me, the first thing I do is giggle. <laughs> oh, General Kenobi! Like it makes General me laugh Kenobi. at the time. So, if folks are wondering, this is kind of all we're going to do on the show today because (laughs) there were around. Well, there were like a fuck ton of nerd drops in the last 48 hours. Oh my Um, God. We can do now a spoiler review of Mortal Kombat since both Cable and Bean have saw it. Mm -hmm. Um, God, what else? Like, Marvel released their. Thanks for joining us for next two years. We miss you. And they fucking opened with Stan Lee. Make so you know, 
Like uh-huh. Marvel Studios is like, you know, where's your emotion? Ugh! And play. And then um, just keep digging. Just keep digging. Just keep fucking digging. Look with to your left. That's that your brother. Look to your right. That's your sister. I'm like, fuck you, Stan Lee. Also, thank you, Stan Lee. Um, and then we've got, you know, the Star Wars Day stuff, which you'd think after every year there would be less and less that they would premiere, but that proved that that was not true today. Yeah. Um, cable has some random magic news about a white rapper ruining yet another thing I love. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't think he's going to ruin it. I, I don't either. I just don't we'll, like him. we'll talk. Yeah. Uh, mixed feelings. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good. It's good. There's also some news out of, you know, the distinguished competition in the comics realm. Mm-hmm. Did I miss mm-hmm. that one? DC. I yeah. know. I'm trying to think. Did we talk about that before? Yeah. Or are you going to surprise me? I posted links. Oh, I've been. <laughs> so I went from writing intently to then drinking intently. I have, as you guys noticed, mm. I didn't really respond to comments that much. That's fine. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Scenes about how Geek in the City of Radio works. Around 10 a.m. every Tuesday, we go, what are we doing? I don't know. Were we going to have Greg and Ida on to do building character? Well, we were, but Aaron fucked it up. So let's <laughs> so let's think of something else to do. I want to point out that for once, I actually did the homework. Um, I actually took time out of the day. I was like, I am going to go over the things that we're going to talk about today. So I know what the fuck we're talking about. Yay. And Yay. now this. I sort of have done the same thing, although I do that over the like the course of a few days beforehand, because otherwise I'm not going to get to it on the day. I <laughs> used to do it in the days leading up to showtime, but um, but I don't have a job technically, so that will I, do ha- that. I, I have all of the day of to to put it in my brain, at least for now. I know well, you've got wanna... you've got something coming up potentially. Uh, yeah, right? I should I should get uh, you know things on things in writing tomorrow. Right, we're not going to say anything till they're in writing then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Except um, that once again, this show has greatly improved your life. You're welcome. <laughs> and by improved. this show, and by this show, I mean me. Improved. I think there's really good potential here. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll talk about it more once it happens. But yeah, I don't want to be preemptive, and I don't want to jinx anything. So that's fair. Uh, before we roll into topics, I wanted to give the two of you a public thank you for uh, making the new RPG that I am running that much more enjoyable. Yay! It's very fun. I had a good time. I didn't realize it until I was reading up on it later that the system that Usagi uses is powered by the apocalypse. I thought it seemed it had something familiar to it. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. It's a fun system because it's so very perfect. story. It's very story driven. Which, based on the people that are playing, it's perfect. It is absolutely <laughs> perfect for that. What? Like, all of you are storytellers. All of you like playing characters. You don't 
if we don't get mired down in minutia, that's totally fine. Right. Um, by the way, my USPS app told me that my uh, iron pipe arrived today. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So I have a better prop now when we play. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know. Oh. I want to do costume stuff. Uh, like we had our Star Wars game the other night, and mm-hmm. Jesse wore his um, his Volante jacket. At least I assume it's a Volante because it definitely looks like you know their oh, design. Star Trek game. I'm like, wait, you're in a Star Wars game, and you haven't told us. <laughs> no, I'm not in any Star Wars games so far. I do have the Star yeah, Wars RPG. I, I would know of. <laughs> I would totally run one. Oh, my the nerdy Trek game that we run. Yes, yes, our 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 Trek game. Uh, I don't know if my brain has any more room for any more RPGs. There's so many <laughs> so many characters to put and keep in my brain. And I was telling Cable this the other day. I'm like, this is the most homework I've ever done to play an RPG. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Oh yeah, no, you I know what you- it is. You know, it's not your fault. It's that it's an it's an era in a place of the world that I'm not familiar with because it's not as prominent as Western culture stuff is like Mm -hmm. am i any more familiar with like ancient you know like medieval times western medieval times not personally of course but it's it's there in the ether all the time so you don't really have to think that hard to figure out a character that fits into uh the more traditionally thought of rpg Mm -hmm. type games the western stuff um Makes but because sense. this is because this is you know Japanese centric and it's from uh, the feudal era, there's a lot less that's in the again ether about that for me to just automatically pull from. I have to actually look it up and spend some time thinking about it. It doesn't come firsthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I totally get. And I'm like, <clears throat> oh yeah, right. That's exactly what, what I went through. Granted. 30, 40 years ago when I started delving well, into this. Yeah, sure. Although I think I commented online about how much I was enjoying your game and showing my Hero Forge version of my character. But then mm-hmm. I added on to it. I was like, not only is it a fun game with a good GM and great players, I said, but the GM is, he's a he's a Japanese-American man and like interspersed between like action and character interaction. He's like dropping little facts <laughs> about, you know, feudal Japanese history and feudal culture. And I'm like, I gotta write this shit down. I'm getting a little bit of knowledge while I'm nerding out too. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I usually have a notebook for each of my games, and I have run out because of all the games that I've been in and out of in the past year, and um, so I don't have like a backlog of blank notebooks. And uh, it occurs to me that I might actually end up going to typing for this game mm. because I can keep up so much faster that way. There is a it's lot of idea. On. <laughs> and it's also why I've been like putting a lot of these little tidbits in digital format so it's easy for us to grab and and read through. Yeah, that's handy. Yeah, so if people know of like good note keeping apps or tools, I don't want to just use like a Word document or whatever. It'd be sure. nice to be able to like break stuff up into chapters and like reference notes versus, you know, keeping up with the story because that's essentially what I do is I I just write down like the key points of whatever the storyline is, and then I'll drop right. in like, and then we fought. Also in the chat, yeah. I can't tell if Norm is judging the Trek game or not, but we should probably move on. <laughs> Otherwise, May the Fourth will just be talking about Star Trek, which would be hilarious. 
Yes. Technically, we haven't talked about Star Trek, but let's let's move on. Okay. So, what do we want to start with? Do we want to start with Mortal Kombat, or do we want to start with all the little tidbits? Maybe start with Mortal Kombat, and that way, because I think when we get to tidbits, that's going to be just tangent supreme. Yep. yep, makes sense. So, also, something hmm. is happening where I'm at, so I am going to mute myself and see what's going on. And let you guys go. I think everything okay. will be okay, though. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Alrighty. Oh, okay. Where to begin? So, oof. So you watched it what Friday night? I think we like you were watching it Friday night, and we were watching it Friday night because we yes, were like texting that's right. in between one another, going, "Oh, we just watched the thing." Um. So if you still haven't seen Mortal Kombat yet. You might want to skip this part. Um, Aaron, I think, gave a great spoiler-free setup review last week where he mm-hmm. talked about how it's it's just fun. It's goofy. It doesn't take itself too seriously while taking itself seriously. Um, and I found that's exactly what the movie was. I I think I only found myself disagreeing with both his assessment and a lot of other people's assessment where it's like, yeah, the first half is is really good, but it's that, that last act where, you know, things don't line up right because they were trying to do too much. I'm like, I didn't get that at all. I I think that they set up everything exactly the way they meant to. I, I would agree with you. Um, The ending doesn't, or I should say the the very beginnings, the very first scene in the movie serves no purpose if the if the last act of the film doesn't play out the way it does. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's like, what was the point of that? You know. I, I think the the thing that people were reacting to is it's like it's Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. and so they set up here are all the players here here's showing all of their skills here's their training montage and then we do the tournament, and the whole point the thesis of the movie is. the movie was not about the tournament. We were never going to get the tournament because uh, Shang Tsung was cheating. Mm -hmm. He was trying to kill everybody off before they even made it to the tournament level. And that's what people reacting to. It's like, yeah, they did all this setup for the tournament and then they didn't do the tournament. They just kind of rushed a fight scene. It's like, no, they, that was, they hit every note because they weren't doing the tournament (laughs) at all. No, no, the whole premise is these guys are cheating and if 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 we let them do it their way, uh fucking like they're going to take over our world or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um and then that that added like backstory for the characters and their a feud feels like a weird way of putting it. Um Yeah, but I, I, I think that's accurate. Um which was interesting. I think it was a little not forced, but what, or, or th- this is what Aaron uh, kind of alluded to last week is like, there's this character that exists in the movie. He's not part of the game, mm-hmm. but, but he ties into, you know, the sub zero scorpion feud and sort of like explains that a little bit. That's the part that I felt was a little bit underdone, I think is mm-hmm. the word. So they established that there's a connection between, oh my God, what even is his name? The main character, essentially. Cole, Cole, Cole. Young. Um, 
they sort of establish that there is a connection there um, biologically, and that's why he's chosen. But then there's never really any interaction, hardly, between Cole and um, Scorpion. Hashashi? It's um, Hanzo Hayashi. Hanzo Hayashi, thank you. Um, They have this cool fight scene. It's still playing in the background right now. I was replaying it today. Um, They have a really cool three-way fight. um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of shows like that obviously they can work together naturally like out of the blue they can fight this guy together and it works great but in terms of like giving the characters a personality or you know like actually connecting those two characters as people they didn't Mm -hmm. really do any of that so it's it's just that biological connection and then scorpion shows up he's in he's out saves the day a little bit and uh and moves on it's also weird to see the evolution of Mortal Kombat where Scorpion has become more of a hero character when he clearly wasn't yeah. meant to be. Yeah, right? It's yeah, when they it's like, when they created that mythology between Sub-Zero and Scorpion that for some reason Sub-Zero became the bad one. It's interesting. And orig- yeah, originally they were still um enemies in the original Mortal Kombat. They yeah. just it didn't matter because they both had to work for Shang Tsung. Yeah, that's what was it. Yeah, they couldn't stand each other, but yeah, they were under control of Shang Tsung. So, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Along with Reptile. Mm-hmm. The, the, the half-mask crew. Right. Not counting Noob Saibot, who was a hidden character. Right. Which one was that? Noob Saibot was basically a silhouette version of Reptile, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and he had a mishmash of their powers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! It was the joke character created by like the programmers after the guys who created the vein, you know, Ed Boon and blah 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 Tobias. Noobs, I think Noob Saibot is you could activate if you hit the right button when this guy came up and went toasty. Hmm, that I makes think, sense. Yeah, toasty, toasty. Where did that came from? I I remember yeah. when Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat two was were toasty. No, yeah. three, two or three. It's something I didn't hear about or hear hear for a long, long time. And then one one day, it was all over the place. I'm like, what is that? That's kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's funny is we were looking up like when Mortal Kombat came out versus when the movie came out. Cause the movie came out in 95, I think. Sounds about and right. The original, yeah. the original game was, was in, um, 92, 93, the console. That seems oh, about the, right. Or not the, the console, console? But the, the yeah. cabinet, the cabinet. Yeah. Because Aaron, you remember tilt at the Lloyd center. Up by the theaters on the third floor? I do, but they would have been on Mortal Kombat 3 by then. Or Mortal True. Kombat X, even, the arcade version. Oh, Jesus. I started, yeah. Well, I started working at Lloyd in uh, early 2001, so whatever oh, version of okay. MK they'd have been on then. So you you but, started working there like 10 years after I had yeah. started working. But yeah, the town I worked I, there from ninety one to ninety three. The town I grew up in had this short lived business for almost two years called <laughs> the Susanville Family Fun Center. 
It was run by a guy who literally looked just like Harry Knowles uh, from Ain't It Cool News, mm-hmm. like early Harry Knowles, but a legit nice guy. You know, not creepy, not sexist, not all the things that come with Harry Knowles, allegedly, <laughs> since it's never been, you know, covered my ass here. Uh, he had a building. He's one of those people that had a little bit of money coming into it, and he just basically bought an entire building in uptown Susanville and the whole bottom floor, the whole main floor was he created, like we used to have land parties there. He bought a fuck ton of gaming PCs. This is right around the era of like doom two or, you know, tie fighter. Remember that one, which is still a fantastic game. Yes, I do. Uh, And he would link all the computers up if you wanted. I think I played the very first fucking elder scrolls there. But he had like five pinball machines and then a bunch of, you know, yeah, like arcades. And he had all the Mortal Kombats. It also had like a little soda fountain that was really cool. And my earliest magic tournaments happened at this place. So this this place was literally the uh, the merging of ground control and backspace. Yeah. Yeah. With some guardian thrown in because it had magic. Um, Jesus, the, the, the magical fact, wonderland. We mm-hmm. used to have we used because this is before there was official Wizard of the Coast tournaments. We would just hold up our own tournaments, you know. Sure, yeah, we just do it. But we had this rule. So the guy that owned this place, anytime someone showed up, if you had um, it's an old magic card. I think it's just called Wood Sprites. It's one forest to bring them out. They're one mm-hmm. one. There's nothing special about them. He used to buy any of them from people if you wanted to sell it to them. The reason being is that when they, when they would have a tournament, if you were the first person knocked out, you had to have the, the wood sprite shake, which um, meant he would put 20 magic cards in a blender with milk and mint chocolate chip ice cream and then and blend it. And if you drank it, he would refund your entrance into the tournament. <laughs> A lot of kids drank that, didn't they? I drank it like twice. I used to really suck <laughs> at magic back in the day. <laughs> but Cable, you'll dig this. Well, Beanwell too. The other thing he used to do, so this building had a massive basement because this town is an old logging town and there's like entrances underground and shit. He would rent out his entire, he would not rent it out. He would give his entire basement to whoever wanted to put on a haunted, a haunted house because they had an nice. exterior entrance. Basically, he was like, I want 10% of your profit. That's your rent for my entire basement. You have full access to my bathrooms, uh, my power, everything. It was cool, man. It feels unheard of. Yeah. And then he owned the, the, the top two floors had four apartments each. And even for the years that I lived in that town or like when he had done that, they were still easily 20% below local market. Because he wanted people that like just got out of high school, didn't know what they wanted to do, to have a place to live if they wanted to get out of their shitty house. Above a video game. You know, above an arcade. How fucking cool is that? I know, he's huh. an aberration in this country. Yeah. See, that's, uh, and, um... and to prove that, he went bankrupt last I heard, and I don't know how well he's doing anymore. Well, that's too bad. Because that is the exact type of model of 
what small business owners and capitalists should be like. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I, I think he had bankruptcy because he had other things happen to him. Sure. Not, not legally bad, just bad things happen. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Usually if you're doing that well in one, one part of life, something else is off in the balance. Yeah. I remember there being a very specific medical history with his family. So, Mm. sorry i just i just side railed the fuck out of this show right now that's quite all right i mean you did but sorry i mean (laughs) mortal kombat um yeah yeah, there's not a ton to to say i don't feel like It, it it just is a fun action movie they've they've given a little bit more life to some of these characters at least to you know like to my <laughs> knowledge who hasn't someone who hasn't played mortal Kombat since the 90s and i i probably saw the early mortal Kombat movies maybe mm-hmm. just the first one couldn't tell you what happens they fight right besides, besides the fighting um, and, and um uh, christopher lambert choose scenery Mm-hmm. He really does. It's a horrible casting, but he just does the like best. He plays thing. up. He's great. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's it still should not have ever like <laughs> Raiden is not a white man. Um, well, we, we a, were talking earlier the well, French accent. <laughs> call that accent French? Is that what that is? I know what he's it's, French. It's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, he's but, actually yeah. from France. I, I I know his accent is just. So Do weird. you think he has played so many non-French people that he's ruined his own accent in real life? Yeah, I think he. I I think he just has a weird accent. <laughs> okay, it's kind of funny. Uh, Bex yeah. points out that the original 1995 Mortal Kombat is also on HBO Max this month because. Someone at HBO Max understands synergy. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Is it not? I don't think you can ruin your own accent. I just saw Tony Collette in a movie where she uses her Australian, like her natural Australian accent. Totally fine. Forgot she was even Australian after 20 years. I know. I, don't I, was think like, I, I ever knew that. I actually yeah. had no, like cable. I didn't know she was Australian. Yeah, I thought oh, she was uh, British. No, she's Australian. Because the first thing I ever saw her in was this uh, this Australian movie called Muriel's Wedding. It is See, a I dark she... comedy and not for children. And uh, I was a child. And so first was... off, Muriel's Wedding is great. Second off, I thought she was doing an Australian accent for Muriel's Wedding. I didn't know it was because she was Australian. Now I'm going to double check and I'm going to be wrong. It, and Muriel's was... Wedding is great. Yes, she is an Australian actress. I, I don't think I realized that she was putting on an American accent until like the second or third movie that I saw her in where she was speaking. I'm like, wait a minute, she's not an American. It's not right I here. I don't know where she's from, but she, that's an American accent that she is affecting. Yeah, I, I long ago forgot that she was Australian. And then the movie was Stowaway, by the way, which is on HBO, I think. Hmm. Um, hmm. It's good. Um, it's a sci-fi. Yay. 
Yeah, she, it's just, she's the like, first scene, and there she is. She's talking, and she sounds Australian. And I was like, oh, holy shit, that's right. Crazy. I don't know if you can have your mind blown by a fact you already knew but forgot, but that's what happens. That seems reasonable. <clears throat> I mean, it's probably happened to me, and I didn't realize it, so I'll allow last, it. I think the last thing I saw her in was Knives Out. God, I love that movie so much. For me. So good. There's another one coming out, right? Uh, He's yes. Uh, Yes, because Netflix paid him, I want to say like $100 million to create a universe around that character. Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. <laughs> they basically want their version of Hikio Poirot with Benoit Blanc. Mm-hmm. Through, I think Ryan Johnson has to give them three movies in the Benoit Blanc universe. Yeah. Which, okay. Cool. Why not? Do it. Yeah. yeah. Knowing full well that that means Daniel Craig for all of those movies, plus any of the other people that are happy to work for Ryan Johnson. I mean, and who who wouldn't be? First off, Daniel Craig's going to love it because he's fucking done with Bond. Yeah. Mm. If he can roll right into Benoit Blanc, he still gets to be suave, but without any of the physicality. None of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Comparatively. Um. Oh, it looks like looks like maybe nobody knew Tony Collette was Australian because now the chat is. is, is... Yeah, well, like Norm, I said, like, like, obviously it's chat, not like a norm. <laughs> so far, there could be others. Well, I keep um, forgetting we have this live versus top. I got to change stuff. Whoa. Anyway. Oh yeah, I'll always switch it to live. I still had no idea until last week that was. Was a that thing. always a thing? Yes. Then it's how come neither of us knew about it before last week? Don't ask why. Don't, don't ask what cable knows such things. Just just appreciate that he deems us worthy to have but a fraction of his knowledge. Yeah, Knives Out two and Knives Out three are on Daniel Craig's um, IMDb page. Uh, Knives Out two is scheduled for twenty twenty two. Man, fantastic! His accent's so good on that. Speaking of accents, <laughs> oh, Jesus, I love it. I love it so much. I love it. <clears throat> are we? Um, are we officially done with Mortal Kombat? I think we might be. I think so I, I'm looking <laughs> forward. Like, I'm looking forward to the sequel. I think it'll be great. Oh yeah, and there's totally um, gonna be because. Oh, well, absolutely. The part that you missed that we were talking about is that you had mentioned uh, last week, and I saw other people say this, that it's like, yeah, the, the first two thirds of the movie are great, but that last third, like they just, you know, they don't, they don't pay off. And it's like, oh, because that's, that's because everyone was expecting the tournament. You were never getting the, the actual Mortal Kombat tournament in this movie. And yeah. they say that at the beginning. That's that true. was never what this movie was about. Mortal Kombat 2 is going to be the actual tournament. I, I mean, I do think that the story works a little bit better through the first two thirds. Sure. It kind of falls apart. Because the last third is just fight. Which is supposed to be. Yeah. 
And yeah, no, like, Mortal Kombat Two is where we get the. Yeah. Well, it's the it's the essential it's it's the it's the top fight of the movie. And it it's also I think it's uh like we we all remember Goro, Prince Goro from the first one where he's in a lot of the movie. Yeah. And he has a speaking role and cuz he's a puppet. Like, him being part of it, they play up a lot. And so when his fight with Johnny Cage finally comes, it, it's a big thing. This is they just introduce him and Cole Young eviscerates him. Yeah. It's like, oh, that I was not expecting him to be a one and done fight. I didn't actually either. I thought he was gonna be saved at least for the second movie. I knew he was gonna be in no, it, but in terms just, of his big his big fight. Yeah. Instead it was I mean Oh no, they fucking killed him. <laughs> that fight scene is missing a classic splits and punch Goro on the dick. <laughs> the fight move that was one of the very first memes ever. I think there was actually a song called Punch Him in the Dick. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, there is a scene at the beginning when, and I'm going to forget their names again. Um, Sub-Zero before he's Sub-Zero. Mm. And, and Scorpion before he becomes Scorpion. Oh. They're fighting and Scorpion fi- punches. At least it looks like it. Uh, I rewound it even, and I'm like, that that looked like a dick punch. Um, <laughs> a good move. It did not keep him from getting killed. So, so there's that. It's because he's from a powerful ninja clan. Although I, I don't know if you guys just talked about that when I stepped away, but I really kind of want Cable's thoughts. Um, well, and Beans too. What were your thoughts when now that you watched the movie and you saw those two characters in the flashback bounce between Chinese and Japanese? Did it work, or did you have to really know the character of Sub Zero and Scorpion, knowing that they were like their clans go so far back that they start in China, but they both go to Japan? Um, it was interesting to me, but I don't know if it worked. Hanzo was not from China. I thought that was the background, though. Yeah. Not him, but like his clan goes back that far. I think the yes, the history of that clan goes back that far, but mm-hmm. they. Uh, I, I looked at it as the the longstanding um, fuck you, no fuck you feud between uh, China and Japan. Okay, that's fair. Um, You know, it, without getting into too much, like every every Asian country was colonized by whoever by the original Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Um, that includes Japan. That includes Korea. That inclu- like all of those Asian nations. Yeah. Um, because all of those nations also had Aboriginal people that right. you know got killed off or at least pushed to the margins. Japan is no different. That's the entire um, northern island um, is where the Ainu were from. Mm-hmm. And they're Aboriginal Japanese. They do not look like traditional mainland Japanese who are very pale skinned, dark haired. Yeah, and, th- mm-hmm. and they're not. They're very, yeah, Pacific they're, Islander. They're flesh skinned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, br- br- like, uh, yeah, yeah. I I think it worked well, 
having uh, Sub-Zero be from China and having uh, Scorpion be from Japan because it does. It All it does is fuel that or it it takes it, it takes place in something that's very real and very part of the history of those countries. Yeah. So I, Japan tried to uh, invade and colonize every fucking Asian nation. Um, like they are the England of Asia. It's true. That is true. <laughs> not actually of- know that. Yeah. Oh they're, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. They're f- fucking awful. There's there's kind of a reason why a lot of the those Asian area countries, when they're like, well, what are we? Do we work with Japan? They go, uh, they they got long memories. Yeah. Japan had a history of invading. Like it's not that. Like shit. What they did during World War II is not that far back. That's true. Yeah. Like, yes, America should not have interned Japanese American citizens, 100%. Uh, Japan should not have committed war atrocities against Chinese people in their labor and prison camps. Yeah. And they did. Like, to the degree that Mangala would have wanted to, mm. that's a little much. Tone that shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's. um. Have you ever watched Star- Pokemon? It's Star Wars Day, so I don't want to get too serious. But being just, yeah, sure. just, just Google Nan, just Google Nanking. You're gonna say Nanking? Oh, yeah. God. Just Google the history of Nanking. I'm not even gonna write what it's actually said. <laughs> like the term that is connected to Nanking, because it's dark as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find out how humans can be no- awful, no matter where they are in the world. Garp. Yeah. But to go back to your original question, if <laughs> if you had not mentioned it before before I had watched it, I would not have been very clear on whatever history lies between those two characters. Yeah, and I don't know they didn't why. they didn't explain it that much. I mean, obviously, obviously they had beef, but to someone coming in blind, they don't really explain it. I don't know why I have this weird obsession with that scene. Maybe it's because for the most part, especially mainstream action movies, they don't take the time in something as simple as um, captioning foreign languages. Mm -hmm. They could just have those two characters speak and then print it in English for us to read or whatever. But the movie made a point of adding in Japanese in Chinese, and I don't know why, but that stuck with me a lot. Maybe because I've never seen a movie bother to do that. Like, and by that I mean it's for a Western audience as a rule, and as a rule, mm-hmm. you understand the English accent, the, the Southern accent, the French accent, the German accent. So they rarely have to add in parentheticals in said language, but we don't get the syntax and sounds of a lot of Asian languages. So normally they just wouldn't put it. I don't know why. I'm going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go. I'll be, I'll be real kind here and say that 99% of Americans don't know the difference between when they're listening to Japanese and when they're listening to Chinese. Um, I know the difference. Yeah. Well, and the, and that that's kind of why. What, yeah, I, that's come from from watching both Chinese films and and Japanese films, and you can hear the language difference. Korean sounds different from either of those. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not a Latin based language. So it's, it's harder. All of it just sounds nuts to American audiences. Just as Latin based languages sound nuts to, to them. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. It's like they could be speaking German or, or French or English. It doesn't matter like, at all. It just, just sounds like mush. It's like that one episode of MASH with Pat Morita playing poker and he looks at them and says, I don't know, y'all look and sound the same to me. <laughs> and maybe it's just because I have an ear for it, but I feel like it's not that hard to tell the difference between Korean, Japanese, and Chinese. Do I know what's being said? 99% no, except for like a couple words I've picked up here and there from, from TV or studying or whatever else. But but they do sound different. You don't need to know the language to be able to differentiate between one or another. I I don't know that that's true for everybody. Yeah. Like I said, like maybe maybe have, I yeah. have an up, a weird upper hand because I you do actually, have a knack for language. You so. have a very good ear for language, Bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I know. Like I, I wouldn't well, be able to differentiate to be between <laughs> Cantonese or uh, Mandarin, and those are both Chinese dialects. Mm, but they are. Uh, very I don't feel different. like I need to be humble about a skill that doesn't get me anywhere in life. So, <laughs> like, being good with languages would make you fun pointless of flex. <laughs> you want to talk about taking? Well, here's the thing: being good at languages would get you somewhere in life. So you should not be humble about it. As opposed to me, who knows a stupid amount of information about Star Trek. Is that going to get me Aaron where I in life? No. And yet I'm immensely proud of it. Yeah, sure. It does for the line of work you're in. Or it, it can get you somewhere given the line of work that you do. All right. I did not actually become a linguist like I wanted to. So the fact that I can tell one language for another from another just by the sounds doesn't do anything for me. I like how the show this week is half nerd and half just kvetching about the poor choices we've made in life. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's you know, it's fine. I came to my wait. poor life choices <clears throat> a long time ago. Sure. <laughs> oh, thanks for responding to that, Cable. Uh, Bex in the chat uh, is saying, like, do we know that Sub-Zero and Coral are really dead? Because uh, Shang, Shang said... Um, Death is uh, not the end. Yeah, death is not the end. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of implies, like, and I mean, he's a cheater. He, he yeah. fucking cheats. So if there's a way to bring back his dead bad guys, he'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what Shang Tsung does. He traps the souls and then can fight like them. Meanwhile, we had Kung Lao, and he was the best part of that movie, I think. And uh, Andy's gone. I mean, technically, we'll see him again, because Shang Tsung literally took the soul from him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Although how uh, great point. was uh how great was Kung Lao's fatality? Flawless victory. Oh man! Oh, and he, he did, did and he did great. the and he did the which he does in the game. He mm-hmm. did it all the time. He, he, Kung, he was the best part of that movie for me. Kung Lao's my second favorite character in the game. So my first being Lord Raiden. I love Raiden. <laughs> so awesome! Even before Christopher Lambert. I would only play Raiden in the games. Although once in a while, I think around Mortal Kombat 2, I would play Katana and play Princess Katana. I always felt uh, compelled to play Cabal because of his name. 
Oh, we saw him in the movie. I wasn't expecting Cabal. Mm-mm. I mean, he, he didn't was last salty. long, but yeah, he <laughs> lasted long enough. Well, uh, yeah, totally. Uh, and then you probably talked about it, but the guy who played Kano is just chewing scenery. We actually didn't talk about Kano at all. We didn't get to that. Yeah. Oh my uh, god, he's one of my favorite parts. Kano is more I mean, Captain great. Boomerang than Captain Boomerang was in the Suicide Squad movie. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Mm-hmm. I think it's because he he leaned into. So, what exactly do you want? You want you want Crocodile Dundee only. You want Crocodile well, Dundee fuck, saying fuck a lot. Is that what you want? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I can do that. Done. Fuck. <laughs> I love whenever he won even a simple argument, he'd say, Kaino wins. <laughs> uh, so there I it is. Think, we all go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to say, I, I think to Bean's point about uh, the character of Cole Young, I think it's, we didn't, he felt thinner as a character because we know everybody else fairly well. Even if mm. you don't play the game regularly, we knew who everybody was. Yeah, uh, I think that would be will be different for the next movie. I, I think uh, 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 Lewis Tan did a, did a fine job. Like he didn't yeah. need to be a very deep character. He just needed to be one that could beat the crap out of people. No, no, no. Maybe I misspoke. My problem wasn't with like his character development. Hmm. It's that they like they they did in fact spend a lot of time like establishing who he is and his family and you mm-hmm. know like the struggles that he's had. And why that makes him feel like he's not fit for mortal combat. But um, um, what bothered me, and it's a kind of a small nag, but what, what I thought was lacking was that they, they sort of spoon feed you the connection between him and his ancestor. You know, like the minute, uh, the minute they pop out that blade and they're like, yeah, this, this, you know, if you, you carry this blade, uh, your ancestor will fight with you. Like you know what's going to happen. But uh, person to person, those two characters don't don't really have a moment together. They fight mm. together, but mm. as two people yeah. who are from the same bloodline, I don't know. I think there should have been a little bit more there. Oh, I see what you're saying. If they're going to bother mm. with establishing this like mm. dynastic line of you know chosen ones, maybe not dynastic. Sorry, but um, yeah, this this like this bloodline is sort of the the key the central part of this film to me yeah uh, and it's it's what it's what brings you from the very beginning to almost the very very end like first scene to almost last scene is huh. is this bloodline and to not give those two characters some dialogue together nothing besides fighting together oh I, did they talk no i can't remember like maybe at right after the fight there but- they have a they they have a few words, but they have a moment, yeah. To to ape the um, the conversation about uh, what is your love language? Their their love language is fighting, kicking ass. <clears throat> I mean, that is how they communicate their okay. fealty towards one another is fighting, sharing the same fight, sharing the same enemy. Right. And, and to show up, but for your ancestor to show up to fucking help you win a fight, that's pretty dope, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, pretty you cool. changed my mind. Yeah. 
love language. <laughs> None of my ancestors will show up to fight. They'll just tell me I'm putting too much salt in it. <clears throat> what? Too much salt? That's Mio, love language. Mio, too much salt in the sofa. Mm. Woo! Oh, that reminds me. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta soak some beans tonight. Ooh, black or pinto? Black. I'm all about black beans. <sighs> I know they're better for you. I think they're tastier. I, I keep a, a bag of pinto and a bag of black. Because sometimes you want black uh, beans. I know. I, I pinto beans. Exactly, Cable. I don't just have I them. I not remember the last time I wanted pinto beans or made them for that matter. Mm. No, I think you only have them when I make them. Yep. And they're delicious because the secret is lard. <laughs> well, I can't do that at my house. So I know. That's why you like eat like a rabid chipmunk at mine sometimes. Ah, meat! I didn't have to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like meat at my house is an afterthought. I'm like, you know, why don't I fucking like roast off these chicken breasts or cook cook these sausages, whatever? It's there's no joy in it anymore. It's just more dishes. It's just, it's just survival meat now. Survival, fun times. <laughs> Star Wars Day. Star Wars Day. You know, most of the news that we have is not Star Wars, although there is the one thing. The one? That's, I guess yes. that's true, huh? We want to move on to that? Yeah. because that Yeah, let's just do cool. it now. So, this looks like the perfect place to take a break before we get into all of the nerdy news going on and talk about our sponsors. First up, Bridge City Comics. Um, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about are comic or comic adjacent. And really, if you want to find out where they all come from, then you need to go to Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. They are one of the city's greatest comic book shops. And recently, yet again, once again, <laughs> voted as the best comic book shop for families and folks with uh, little children and whatnot. Because they have a great uh, young reader in all ages section kind of off to the side. It's got a couple of spinner racks and some really fun... You know, like YA graphic novels or even middle greeter graphic novels or even like uh, he's got they've got some of the, the Owly books. If you're not familiar with that, Owly is a fantastic graphic novel series about an owl, but there are no there's no text to it. Everything is done through the symbols and art. And it's a really great way to express language to someone who maybe isn't talking yet or, you know, maybe, you know, is trying to learn English, you know, using visual cues is pretty cool. So that's some of the many things that can happen when you read comic books and get them all at Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. Also find them online at bridgecitycomics.com. But no matter where you find them, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. It goes a long way. Thanks. Just like our sponsors at Guardian Games. They are one of the greatest game shops, I mean, really, in the country. The place is beautiful. It is amazing. But don't take my word for it. Go to 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon, and you will see all of the amazing games that they have. I mean, as soon as you walk in, they have, you know, they've got like the new release section. There's a few tables up there because there's always a new role-playing game or a new board game or a new dice game or a card game. New stuff is coming out all the time. The amount of creativity in gaming right now is a, is a little over the top, and that makes it a great time to be a gamer. If you're overwhelmed, which is super easy 
especially if you're new to the world of, of gaming in any form. If you're under, overwhelmed, you know what? Just chat to some of the folks that work at Guardian Games. Um, they will get a feel for what you're into. Uh, genre, competitive, co-op, long-term, short-term. They'll help you narrow down the the game that might pique your interest and the interest of your friends. So don't just stand there wandering around looking around like, I don't know what to do. It's so big. Uh, I'm going to run. Um, don't, don't run. Uh, find yourself someone who can help out. Find yourself someone who can give you a quest, which the fine staff at Guardian Games can do. So check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And also when you're shopping there, give them a big old thanks for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. It truly means a lot. Just as Revnat means a lot to us because he has loaned us some equipment while we continue to record in separate buildings, on separate floors, in completely different areas of town. His his kind donation of equipment has making is making sure that uh, the show still sounds good, and that's important to us. So a huge shout-out to Revnat, of course, of Revnat's Hard Cider, um, who still is, uh, you know, keeping all of us even keel doing these, uh, these strange times. Revnat, big thanks for the equipment. Let's get back to the show. So the one big, yeah. Well, there were two big things from May the 4th today. A, the debut of the Bad Batch, which we'll talk about <laughs> next week. Um, and Disney finally showed video of their retractable working lightsaber. Yes. So you will no longer, the whatever the one, when Disney eventually sells it, and I guarantee they're going to sell it at Galaxy's Edge first, you'll buy the hilt. And it's going to, when you hit the button, it's going to go, you're not going to have that LED tube anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm assuming you can't even like lightly spar with these. I would assume. I watched a whole thing about it. It's essentially the same technology or like they, uh, based on the, uh, the 2017 patent that they looked up, the, Mm -hmm. the technology is similar to that of a measuring tape. That's what I figured. It, roll, it rolls up on the inside, and but then it expands when you pull it out. So, yeah, probably not going to be something that you can like beat right. each other with. I do want to point out, though, that nerds have basically come full circle and that we are back to where it all started, which was measuring tape. Is Sorry, that I'm right? To... That'd be a little bit more before my time. So. Oh, yeah. No, it would have. This is early 80s shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm fading out. I'm recording in the back of the van, and it's sunset. Mm-hmm. I, I figured that's what was going on. The, co- the covers are up. No, you're just you're just part of the force now. You're becoming a force ghost, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, that's where Ryan's going to wait for me one day, so it's fine. Mm. <laughs> uh, also... It might actually be a while before you before people can buy these retail because to my be underst- my understanding is the the lightsabers are coming out as part of this new Disney Resort Jedi training dojo that they're going to have. So basically like when you stay at the parks or when you stay at the resorts um it's one of the experiences that you can sign up for. I could see it starting next year at the Galactic Cruiser Hotel. That's what it's actually tied into. There we okay, go. that makes that's sense. What it's, that's what it says so in the ad. It's tied into the, okay, the debut of the Galactic start. Cruiser in 2022. Yeah, that by the way is going to be ridiculous. 
Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated with that level of immersive experience. Yeah, um, that's that's how I've been with a lot of Disney stuff lately is the experiences they're creating. I, I think that uh pandemic protocols have um uniquely prepared people to be stuck indoors for a two to three day period. Um, I can see that because that's what it's supposed to be is you're stuck aboard a cruiser. Yeah. Cause I think it has, under, I think it has a two night minimum. Yep. And or maximum, then, I'm sorry. And then when it lands at galaxy's edge, that's when you get to leave the cruiser. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh, you, I want that. Have you seen more the Galaxy's Edge? Have you mm-hmm. seen more about that? Being how it's going to break down. So Mm-mm. the staff are one hundred percent in character, twenty four seven. But like every window you look out of is a screen. Every single window. I did hear a little bit about it. Um... And they will even apparently encourage you to match outfits with the hotel. To have a more immersive experience. So it's just full on Star Trek LARPing. Yeah, it's just Star, Star Wars, Wars LARPing. LARPing. Yeah, it's Star Wars LARPing the whole way. Yep. I I am fascinated and terrified by this simultaneously. I know. Like I want to be nervous, but I also can't fucking wait to do it. Yeah. It's the I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to be stuck somewhere for two days and not be able to go anywhere else. It's like, wait. I've had weekends where I don't leave the house at all. Pretty practiced at it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you want me to spend two days just pretending I'm in Star Wars? Yeah. I'm I'm not particularly practiced at it being. (laughs) Oh, no, that's true. You still have to go to work and interact with humans. Uh Yeah. My particular pandemic experience is not unique, but it is shared by a particular group of people uh, in the service industry. Mm. As the as the young, healthy, brave person in my household, I've I've never actually gone that long of a stretch without leaving my house. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the very, very beginning, was much better. I'm like, I don't have any needles to do my fucking embroidery with. I'm gonna die. Not die. That's that is not the appropriate word to use here. But that's like, hyperbole. Yes, yes, it is. Um, but like, I I can't go out there because people are dying. Um, I like how the sunlight is now hitting you in such a way that it feels like the starship that you're on is passing by some sun, and so it's you know the light creeping in through the cockpit. That's pretty good. It helps that I'm doing a lot too much moving around. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've been out there a lot actually, probably too much. Um, but I, even then, I still have you know, to to date, longer stretch it. I'm like, don't didn't go anywhere for four or five days. I I think I'd felt better about the entire thing if eighty percent of the population had an average of. I stay home for five days. I go out for one. I stay home for five days, as opposed yeah. to. Oh man, I've been home for like six hours. I need to go do something. No, I got to the point where I would just like 
push all of my stuff to one day. And I don't know if that's necessarily better is to like go to all of the different places you, you needed or wanted to go to and only leave the house that one day, but go mm-hmm. to a lot of places versus like spreading it out more. I don't know. But staying yeah. the fuck away from people whenever you get to where you're going, also really vital. Mm-hmm. Which also makes uh, this the concept of this uh, space cruiser a little daunting. It's like, I'm glad you have it scheduled for 2022. Let's see how it looks when we're there. Yeah. But uh, all of those things aside, I am like I'm. I'm not a big Disney person. Uh, like I'm not big on theme parks, but this is an experience that would be fun to like save up and go do. Because I think it's like, oh, this would be fun. Uh, like I, I put it in the same category as like making the trip to LA to go do all of the haunts at the various theme parks. It's like I'm not there for the theme park; I'm I'm there for the haunts. But you know, you still get a little bit of the theme park experience that way too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't consider that what I've seen at Universal Studios is I've done the whole Universal Studios tour. I've been to a bunch of haunted houses at Universal Studios. <laughs> Though not last year, but 2019, I did get to go through the Harry Potter stuff, which was fun. I never, I never made it to any Harry Potter stuff besides the, um, the Wizards Unite event mm-hmm. that uh, that I that I followed Merrick along. That was twenty. I think it was also twenty nineteen. That may have yeah. been. Yes. Sorry, I just jumped in. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh yeah, because that's when I was like, you know what? I'm home alone anyway. I'm just gonna fucking go on a trip by myself. Why not? Um, and then never again since. And then no one ever went anywhere ever again. Yeah. Ever again, um, and now I'm not going to. Was the was the the end point of that? I, I do think that uh, what Disney has planned for Star Wars their theme parks is a get is going to be worth checking out. Like I don't, I like Star Wars. I like watching Star Wars, but I I I've never been compelled to go to Galaxy's Edge, but enough of people I've known have gone there and I've seen enough of it. It's like, you know, I think that would be enjoyable to at least walk through. Even Yeah, even if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, if you're into... If you're immersive. into full immersion of like pulling your attendee into a world, mm-hmm. um, I haven't been anywhere that's done it better than Galaxy's Edge. Like there are... Our time, especially at night. Something about when it's at night, it makes you. Part of it is that you'll see like satellites, literally mm-hmm. in orbit, or like high altitude planes. And the part, of, and while you're hearing on the sound effects of shuttles landing and droids beeping because it's a living, you know, cargo town, just something just kind of goes, yeah, okay, no, this is this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. I I think. I think there's an episode to be had at a later date where we uh, talk about theme parks and immersive theme parks at length and like do a little cross uh, 
contamination with talking about Westworld. Ooh. Maybe we, uh, yeah, but on full disclosure, I haven't seen a single episode. Uh, Matthew and I just started season three yesterday. How do you like it so far? I haven't, I, I've. You haven't watched season three yet? No. Um, where did, I had where did a you gap. I, I watched season one and season two, but then I had a gap in HBO access. Mm. Um, I think. No, never mind. I don't remember why, but I went a while without having HBO. And so um, season three came out. Cool. And then eventually I signed up for HBO again. Um, but but at that point, season three was old news and I just, mm-hmm. just haven't like mentally put myself back in there. You may need to since they will be coming out with season four. Mm. Okay. But so far, you're enjoying it? Oh, yeah. It's uh, very cyberpunk. It's very unnerving. Um, what I've heard, yeah. That's that's the vibe that they gave from the uh, the teasers and trailers beforehand. And I was one excited. Of, one of the pieces of technology in season three is something that I keep seeing there are ads for on Facebook for AI friends where you can download an app and design your I own have AI seen friends. Fri- I have seen so friends they- like post screen caps of that. I have yet to receive that ad. Oh, I've, I've received two different apps for the same type of product. Uh, you're talking about the one that Ken shared. That's one. Uh, oh yeah. Ken Brady. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I haven't seen ads like this at all. You know what I'm getting a lot of ads for? Uh, non-alcoholic elixirs and such. Hey, me too. That and diet plans. Back to back to back ads for alcohol free, uh, cocktail mixers and stuff. I'm like, what the hell are you two saying around your phones? Here's the thing. I actually know why. That's the one Ken shared, I think. Oh, creepy. Yep. Um, Bean, I know why you're getting that because I actually talked with someone and made a little freelance helping them create a campaign. Mm-hmm. And basically, because Facebook owns Instagram, if there's any kind of post as anything, even moderately to do with drinking, any kind of post, anything, they grab that and they just hit you with the non alcoholic stuff. Yeah, you have to, with Facebook these days, you really have to follow. The best thing to do is if you have like three hours to kill, wait for an ad to pop up, go into the settings, say, please hide it, it's ad. And then it'll go, would you like to do your work on your other ad settings? Go in there and then find yeah. out. You will discover every ad and every company that has attached itself to your profile. And you have to remove them manually. Mm, okay and see the only thing i ever do is i'll i'll block an ad because and i I always say it's irrelevant yeah that's that is not it's actually not enough and it's it's fascinating to look at it because then you see it's like oh this is why the algorithm has me in this certain loop is because someone has paid them for my information it's funny. Yeah. I actually don't, it's funny. Even though it's the same company, I actually don't mind the Instagram so much. So much. I don't because, either because they're a lot more dialed into something that I'm interested in. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. with mine, yes. it's either like witch stuff, brewing, or role playing adjacent. 
sometimes mm-hmm. a combination of all three. And I'm like, why, yes, why, yes. Well done, algorithm. Mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. it's a lot of clothing and shoes. I had a way mm-hmm. cut back. I actively stopped looking for shoes. Like I would, <laughs> I actually will use Google's incognito because I not for much with shoes with me, but bags like backpacks, mm-hmm. shoulder packs. Because you guys both know my obsession with those. I was oh, yeah. getting, e- I was getting I think emails you got it from me. Actually, I think it I probably off did. On you, I got my you didn't shoes- used to be. I know. I got my shoe thing from my sister-in-law, Laura. I got my bag thing from Bean. I just pick up all the worst, best habits from my friends. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Not sorry. So we covered Disney? Yeah. Well, we've covered the Star Wars part of Disney. (laughs) I'm going to say, let us now go to Disney adjacent and and slip into the 616. Yeah. So, so did you do the same thing as everyone else did as Monday morning? You scroll through Twitter and go, huh, what's this? And then you click on this three minute long video. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was going to be crying on the bus this morning. <laughs> yeah, I don't, remember, I, don't, I don't even remember what it was. It was like, I think I clicked on a news story that was like Disney releases, you know, um, dates for the next five movies. I'm like, oh, I'll click on that. I was like, what? Like, yeah, I clicked on it. I'm like, why am I hearing Stan Lee talk about family and <laughs> brothers and sisters? Oh, my God. Oh, it goes on forever, too. I'm like, oh, what's happening? And I was eating really hot and and only mildly, but very, very like, boiling hot ramen while I was watching it today. I was like. <laughs> like, it was, and it's not just, just that. It's like going, all the oh, other moments. Yeah. Like the the original <laughs> We Are Groot. I'm like, oh, okay, that hurts. No. It was also when I realized Sam's saying on your left will get me every time. I love it. Every time. Uh, just because it's that moment that he says it, the fact that it's a reference, and then the look on Steve's face when hope actually renews. Yeah. It's like, oh, Oh, it's like that was the second you went. Yep, Thanos just lost. Thanos just. Oh yeah, Thanos is screwed. (laughs) So I'm now thinking of I'm thinking of Winter Soldier because I love all of Sam's reactions (laughs) on your left, on your really. Mm -hmm. But the fourth time when Cap's coming up, he goes, "Don't say it! Don't say it! Don't Don't say it!" it. On your left. (sighs) Yeah, sorry. I know I I didn't say this on the show. You just did it, didn't you? You you take a lap. Do another lap. Do another lap. Did you do it again? <laughs> I blinked. Um, so I know I texted both of you this, but I don't know if I've said it on the show yet. When you go back and watch the last episode of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, at the very end, you know, basically the boat party, mm-hmm. um, everyone who takes a selfie with Sam is on his left, or they're on his left now, or he. I'm sorry, he's on their he's left. On their he's left. on their left. Yeah. You did mention. Yeah. Yeah, you did send that in task. You didn't mention it on the show. That's what I thought. I yeah, no, it's just it's just one of those moments where you're like, "Oh, well done, filmmakers, paying attention," you know. Mm-hmm. But this all leads up to the fact that, like, not only did like Marvel hit us in all the feels when we need it, um, you know, they gave us some. You know, he gave they gave us a longer section of Black Widow, mm-hmm. um, a little and more Shang Chi, a little more Shang Chi. 
And then we got footage from the fucking Eternals. Yes. Which I also forgot was this year. In my brain, it's just, well, it's Black Widow, and then they'll get to everything else next year. It all got bumped. No, it's four movies a year. <laughs> yeah, it's madness. Because um, it's not, it, it's May is Black Widow, September is Shang-Chi, and yes, the November is the Eternals, but Spider-Man is December. I know, man. And then Very spidey have, Christmas. We have two months off. And then Doctor Strange in March, Eleven Thunder in May, May, May. Or June. Yeah, there's one in uh, May and one in June, I think. July, July. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is July. Um, the Marvels, not Captain Marvel two. The Marvels is well. They uh, they accidentally like, well a paparazzi person got a picture of uh, the actress playing. Um, Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, Jesus, Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan. <laughs> That's funny. Which uh, the they showed her in the costume, one... and I was like, "Cool." Costume was great. Yeah, that was a paparazzi photo. I need to find that. I think it was an. I think it was actually an official release. There was a paparazzi one, but I think the official release followed like hours later. Yeah, of course they did because they went. I think they're always prepared to do that. It's like uh, paparazzi got this. Cool. Write a press release. Get it out give, today. Give them the real one. Um, yeah. I want to see it on TMZ. In if watching the West Wing has taught me anything, it's that that is how you react. Mm-hmm. Um, and walk but, and talk. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, of course, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. <laughs> That's a fun title, and I am excited. Yeah, I dig Which, it. There are theories on the new introduction of the Fantastic Four into this universe where they're going to deviate from the, we go to space and there are cosmic rays to, oh no, Reed Richards and his crew went into the quantum realm, Yeah, you know, in 1987 and haven't been heard from since. Never heard from since. Yeah. I think that's what and they're going to do. Yeah, I think I think we're going to get the Fantastic Four and Ant Man and the Wasp. I'm going to say that now. That's my prediction. Yeah, that's going to be the introduction of Reed Richards and and crew. Yeah, I actually saw someone write a pretty decent background. Is that um, with the Fantastic Four, they're leading up to basically their next big bad, like this year. And like half of next year's movies are all kind of standalone Marvel movies, but mm-hmm. they're going to want to then they're going to want to start building to the next event. And um, the thought being is like you start to give hints of like not the big bad or not the big good. You start to give hints about basically they're like you have satellite imagery, you have all this weird stuff, all start to pick up this silver object coming to Earth at speeds beyond imagine and they're like Mm -hmm. basically you treat it like a -a build-a-figure in toys every release you get a little bit more of that silver surfer and it's eventually he arrives as i am the herald of galactus Mm -hmm. and then there you go you just set up your next big bad and then that will be the fantastic four movie which i really love that they didn't say when it was they just teased the four 
I loved it, man. I just love that. So good. So fun. Perfect. Yeah. The the only thing that was missing from that is the date for Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Cap number four. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it's uh, going to be I, there, but there's not. I think that's yet. because they just finished inking that deal like weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which was not enough time to put that in that trailer. Yeah, there's probably an outline. There's no, there's not even a script yet. No. Yeah. Because they've got a lot to live up to after what they pulled off with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hold on. Those those statements imply that you don't feel like there was always going to be a movie <clears throat> that was Sam and Bucky. Or at least uh, heavily featuring Sam and Bucky. No, I actually didn't think there was going to be any more Captain America movies. I didn't either. And these Marvel films are planned out like five years in advance. Sure. But like, why else would they have wanted to make the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show? I, I think once they decided to make Falcon and Winter Soldier, there was going to be a cap for. I did think that. Sure. But right um, after Endgame, I didn't think we we're going to get another cap for a long time. Even with that, mm-mm. even with the hint of the shield, I thought they were just going to give the concept of Captain America a rest for a while. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't give us any indication that they were going to continue on, even if they knew well in advance. It's like, well, we're going to do this, and then that, depending on how that works, then we'll want to do this, and then we'll want to do this. Like, yeah, they already knew there was going to be a cap for. Um, but they haven't by, by, by hook or by crook there was going to be one yeah yeah. but they weren't going to give they've not given us any of that information mm. to think that right sure. just like they didn't give us any information that WandaVision was going to be as great as it was it was just going to be this weird show it's like why, why are they doing this weird Scarlet Witch Vision TV show oh, oh that's right and why oh. is it retro? What's that about? Yeah, I actually got a a message like three or four weeks into the series, really beginning to air, and asking like, is it is it always going to be this weird, you know, fifties themed <laughs> situation? I'm like, oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> right. So, you need about nine hours. <laughs> no, so that's that's fair. Like Disney might know, you know, a decade in advance. We're going to do this, but you know they're only giving us two years worth of heads up at a time. Uh, I think Feige, Kevin Feige definitely knows. Yeah, or at least he knows what he wants to do. Yeah. yeah, that dude's really playing that long game for sure. I when he's done, I, I think he should be done. Like, like after he's all done doing whatever he wants to do with the Marvel universe on screen, he should go and I'm out. I'm just going to take all my money and retire because yeah, it's I mean, never I mean, going to be better than this. At the pace they're going, at the pace they're going, unless they want to start getting weird, they've they're almost out of comic stories. Because one thing I'll give Marvel credit for is they do definitely, and while they should definitely fucking pay more, Disney slash Marvel Studios pulls from some of the more iconic story arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I mean, 
there's still plenty of stories they could tell. I mean, shit, they haven't even touched on the X Men yet. Yeah, and I always kind of wonder, like, do they just reboot or do they just do something completely new? You know, like, what direction do they go? I'm super curious. I'm super curious. I feel like every everything since WandaVision on forward, fans have been trying to see, like, is this where they work in mutants? I'm like, man, quit looking for it. Mm. Like, quit it, sitting it in happen. that. It will happen. Quit creating ex- expectation in your own mind that when then it doesn't happen, you get pissed about. Yep. You know, I, I would say that when it happens, it'll be something that none of us saw coming. Yeah. Yeah, probably. They've they, probably. they're getting really good at that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the misdirection. I mean, I still think it's all going to change after multiverse. That's where I think it really kicks in. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man and then Doctor Strange. Like, that's where shit gets fucking weird. And that's where all bets are then off. I do know that the rumor mill is that uh, starting with Spider-Man, some of the things are going to get weird. Yes. Already. And, and, and but, like, well, okay. The the new, <laughs> um, the current rumor going around is Charlie Cox, John Bernthal, and Kristen Ritter are all involved. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bean would like an explanation. Um, Charlie Cox, I think, has been the longer of the rumors because apparently. Peter Parker has his day in court after being outed as Spider-Man and his representation is Matt Murdock. Okay. So he's Mm. literally playing like he's coming back to the role of Daredevil. Um, That's, that's surprising because those, those all three of those shows got canceled. What felt like suddenly it seemed to me like the shows were, were really popular and doing well. Like maybe mm-hmm. not so much the Defenders and Iron Fist. That's because Iron Fist is crap. I really could take him or leave him. Um, but I, I Jones I, was not a good Iron. He was not a good Danny Rick. I, I had yeah. no context for it, but I just I wasn't invested in it. I or I like even before it came out, I was like, eh, I don't know. But I, I will really say, too. in the performer's defense, it was officially noted that they basically had two weeks to practice fight scenes before Netflix was like, start filming. That sucks. Actually, no. Uh, for me, in defense of the show, or, or to, give, uh, to give the show a pass, I don't know. Um, again, like as, as the, the one person in this, in this room, so to speak, who has the least amount of background knowledge on any of these characters any, ever, as they, mm-hmm. start, as they have, have been ruling them out, um sometimes my my opinion or my interest level is influenced by what other people who already know about it feel. And so I think more than likely I was not that interested in Iron Fist because it already came with a bunch of negative feedback or or we were input. already dragging it. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. Not that I'm like upset or whatever, but Luke Cage and um Oh my god! Now I'm going to blank on the other one. Kristen Ritter's, Kristen Ritter's show. Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Yeah. Uh, I loved those. 
those were great. I love them. Um, I already always am a big fan of Christian Ritter anyway, but um, those were good shows. And I thought that they were doing really well. And I did watch the defenders and I enjoyed that. Um, And so I was surprised when they went away. All this to say, I'm that much more surprised that they're bringing the characters back in with the same actors. I think that part of that was always the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, the the problem inherent with the Netflix takes on all of those characters and Disney's ownership of Marvel is that how do you put Jessica Jones on Disney Plus? Uh, she goes on Star, their offshoot of Disney Plus that has our stuff. Mm-hmm. That has what? Our our stuff. Sorry, I bit my lip as I said stuff. I went sure. Mm. R as an R-rated stuff. As an R-rated, right. yeah. Wait, not our stuff. You said Star. You mean like the the pay cable network? No. Stars? So Disney internationally, they have Disney Plus, and then they're launching called Disney. It's just called like it's like Disney Star, or they just called Star. It's basically where all the R-rated Fox content is going to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you don't I didn't look know for about this. Yeah, and I guess for like U.S. so. Internationally, it's stars a separate subscription, but in the U.S., basically in North America, it will be part of Disney Plus. You will confirm adults in your household, and that will activate. Like you'll have Disney Plus, and you'll probably see a thing that says like Star. You click on that, and it basically takes to all the it 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 opens up Fox's library. It's a parental control control mm-hmm. barrier. Yeah, but but also like. You know, Disney used to own Hollywood Pictures, which basically was their art division. So you might see old Hollywood picture stuff show up on Star, whatever. So interesting. Didn't they well, also how much... have? Um, was it New Line? No, no. They had they Disney. It was Hollywood, and then Touchstone, which was their peach. Uh, Touchstone was their PG thirteen. That's why, if you see that the was original, Splash, right? It, le- it gave birth to Splash. Okay. Because Splash is Disney. But when Disney showed a bare butt on a G-rated movie, which, hilarious, it still got a G rating. People still freaked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You saw Daryl Hannah's butt for like a second as she comes out of the ocean. Um, that gave birth to Touchstone. Which is why technically Dutch uh, Touchstone is or Night Before Christmas is a Touchstone movie, not a Disney movie. Right. Yes. When the movie blew up and had a life, they got rid of Touchstone on the clamshell and made it Walt Disney. Disney. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. No, you're right. I, I vaguely remember it It's still it's still in the credits. When you watch the movie, it's still the touchstone logo still pops up mm-hmm. well as, as a kid we would have owned a copy in the house and then i moved out one day i'm like i don't own this and it's one of my favorite movies i'm gonna buy a copy for myself and it says disney and i'm like yeah i remember that that's weird okay yeah that's where yep. the disconnect is also people cool, think cool, cool. that tim burton directed that movie and he did not no, no he, that was he henry selick Henry Selleck, yes, but it's always Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. It's because he conceptualized it. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, but he is not a stop-motion animation director. Henry Selleck is. Yeah. 
And he went Ooh. on to do James and the Giant Peach, which Wait, is a no, wonderful that's not film. Because right, he did Frank and Weenie. True. That's 100% his. It's from film school. Yeah, but maybe not, not, maybe not film school, but it started out as an original short. It, it was in did. film school. It was when he was in the California. He was in the California. Cal, uh, yeah, it was his school. He was in school. I'm. I thought the the feature length Frank and Weenie was stop motion, and the original Frank and Weenie that he did in college was live action. Actually, Cable, you're right. The original one he did in college was live action. The you're one right, that became the right. Disney sh- became the short was when he had graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're totally right. All of which to say is everything that he was doing at the time was still owned by Disney because he went yes. to school at Disney. The last thing he yeah. worked on was the Black Cauldron. Oh, wow. He was in. He was. He was part of that. He was in the animation studio because the Black Cauldron, if I remember correctly was produced and visually by a certain person named Don Bluth, who had a huge falling out with Disney and formed his own mm-hmm. animation company. And that's... Everyone says, like, Tim Burton, Disney animation. Don Bluth is where Tim Burton cut his teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Fuck. You ever go back and watch them Don Bluth animation ones? You know, Secret of Nim. Mm-hmm. Oof. I love the secret of Nim. Yeah, but it's it's rough. It's not it's not super for kids. No, not these days. It wouldn't these days. Neither it would not seem book. like an acceptable. Same for the book. Like these days, it wouldn't. I don't know that people would be cool with giving it to their kids. They should. I mean, it's still better than giving them fucking Watership Down, <laughs> which is just two hours of slaughter. Bunny slaughter. <laughs> um. So, who did the rescuers? The rescuers, or is this Disney? Um, Don Bluth is also uh, all dogs go to heaven. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Land Before Time that had also mm-hmm. one of the most traumatic scenes in cinema. Mm-hmm. Fucking watch uh, his mom die. I'm like, Jesus. Rockadoodle. That, that shit's not off camera. Like it's like front and center. It's not like it has a good sense of Bambi and kills mama off screen. <laughs> They're like, no, no. We're gonna watch his mom get eviscerated. Granted in silhouette, so you know, for the kids. But here we go. The kids. Oh, she dies because she loves her kids so much she's willing to sacrifice herself. Enjoy that guilt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, see? Makes me feel like uh, Gany Kiratofsky's Primal is a gritty reboot of The Land oh. Before Time. I gotta watch that show still before both of you kill me. I've still I'm only seen... Kill you. I'm just disappointed. I've That's still worse. only seen what we saw when we were at the coast. It's, it is not an easy watch. Um, no. We only ever watch one episode at a time, and then it's a while before Christian's ready for another one. It's fair. I love dark, sad stuff, so I would probably like, willingly watch it in one day, the whole the whole 10 mm-hmm. episodes. But uh, But I'm kind of alone in that. 
Well, B, maybe one day we can all have a marathon of like, you know, Grave of the Fireflies and then Wrecking for a Dream. Oh my god, Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, that, we... that's a fucking gut punch. Forget and then all to, that Don Blue shit. Have, Don Blue ain't got shit on, on fucking Mi, uh, Miyazaki. God damn. No. And then we'll wrap it up with a horror movie with the great uplifting ending of The Descent. Mm, yeah. Only the UK version. Fuck the US cut. Oh, mm-hmm. she makes it out alive. No. No, she doesn't. Whatever. No. She never made it out. Nobody no. made it out. Nobody made it out. She just lasted the longest. Mm-hmm. All right. What else we got tonight? Because we're getting close. Oh. I think we're already past. Didn't you have something about Post Malone and Magic? I, I. Oh no! Now my internet gives out. No. Who's there? Who's frozen? Oh yeah, he's frozen. Oh, um, there he is. Hey. Where are you? Frozen. Uh, Bex mentions uh, for Don Bluth also American Tale and uh, Ed mm-hmm. Five Goes West. Those are good ones. Although it's got a song you hate on there, if I recall, Gable. Does it? What song? Somewhere out there. Actually, that's probably not even what it's called. But that's wait you you hate Somewhere that song. Somewhere out there. Have I Love said? Can see us I've never heard Cable mention that. Yeah. I forget why, but one day, this was in the studio, and it, it might have been a couple years, so it's kind of a shock that I remember, but for whatever reason, I was going to start singing the song, and you were like, no, do not do that. You you absolutely shut me down, Cable. That's a beautiful I, song. <laughs> I've never seen American Tale either. I think what it is is like uh, you got like it got like really like done to death by theater kids you used to know is was the answer or the the explanation for that. I Maybe I made it up in a fever dream. Bean, are you just creating an alternate cable? Because at the time Have that you? I was around theater kids was in high school and there was none of this had even come out yet. That's true. When did Flywheel Goes West come out? Like it when is. I was in my mid twenties. No. Nineteen ninety one. Early That's Flywheel Goes West? Ninety one? I was thinking like eighty five. No, it, it came out after I'd moved to Portland. I moved to Portland in 91. Hi. Oh. How are you? Hello, tiny dog. I don't know. I think Bean, I think you're I think you're creating like a a patchwork human of various people you know and even can in the last few years, and you're like, and I would name her. Oh no, I mean know? I would name her Yolanda. <laughs> and what? she shall be an amalgamation of all my friends. <laughs> Look, we've established this. My brain lies to me. I think it might be now. No, I, 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 I'll go ahead and I take it all back. None of that happened. Cable never shut me down in the studio for singing a cheesy song. I may have. It may not have been that one, but something else that... Was that a Celine Dion song? I don't think so. Wait, somewhere out there? That's not a Celine Dion song. No. Didn't she perform it? Well, not, not to my knowledge. Mm. 
like if you had started singing whatever song came from uh titanic yeah that one yeah that one i would have gone i'd shut that down too i was i'm gonna say 13 no older uh because i remember other circumstances surrounding it i was like 15 or 16 when that movie came out and my friends were obsessed and so because everyone else was so obsessed with it i saw that movie in the theater four times oh i'm sorry yeah which then led to my parents assuming that i was obsessed with the movie sorry and so one day as a gift i was given you know how like magazines will occasionally put out like a really nicely bound like heavy duty paper photo book yes no just yes. familiar to anyone uh of all um leonardo dicaprio photos uh-huh. like, a, like a fancy photo magazine of leonardo dicaprio bex uh has provided some factual information uh the original american tale did come out in 86 I was still in high school. I was still around theater kids, so your memory may be accurate. Being, I believe uh, the first one is uh, "There Are No." That song was from Five Will Goes West, which was the '91. Okay, well, if it is from Five Will Goes West, then no, I was already living here. Well, now I have to. Now I have to Google that. <clears throat> and yet, you're still getting the same song. Yeah. Uh, well, that was that says it was released in 1999. So, all right. And then, we should nope, probably. American we should probably. 1986. We should probably wrap up the show before this just devolves into more chaos. Okay. And Google searching. Okay, yeah. no, the song came out in '86, apparently, with with the first movie. So. Okay. Oh yeah. I wasn't sure that came out in '86, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. No one asked you, Google. You you did say Google. Don't don't wake it up again. And on that note, I am Aaron Duran. I have recently been airlocked from Thrawn's flagship, the Chimera. (laughs) That's my airlock sound. Uh, I am Binarita, and I'm on my way to a remote island to secretly train with the Jedi Master. And I am Darth Cabal. Still hanging out with these losers. (laughs) Uh, and we'll talk to everybody next week where, this time, 100% fucking confirmed, we will have Greg and Anita on for building characters. I do believe they will be talking about the Artificer. Ooh. Ooh, my. I, I bet you that you and Greg will also have some thoughts. Cause oh, shit, be yes, week, we will. The week before Vic, uh, Von Richten's guide comes out. I am reading everything and I will tell my shame next week of how many other Ravenloft things I've purchased. Well, cool. That's a whole show. Yeah, it is. Homework done. Bye, everybody. Bye.